Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. I'm Bruce Johnson, joined as always by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello everybody. And today is Discussion Topic Friday. We've got a lot of stuff to cover. Um, To those of you who tried to tune into our show on Wednesday and didn't didn't find an episode, we apologize. I know we mentioned we'd probably be doing that um, Monday. We said we'd probably release a Wednesday episode, but stuff happened. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm in the process of moving. Um, and so life is just absolutely crazy for me right now. And Jacob is graciously dealing with all of my insan- insanity. So I just thank you so much, Jake, for, for that. I appreciate it. Um, and as no part problem. of that ongoing... <laughs> ongoing coping graciousness jacob has actually put together most of the content for today's episode so you can just call me mr slacker so today (laughs) we are talking about the christian imagination and all that goes into what the christian imagination does um in society at large in the world and why it's so important that we as christians are imaginative what does that do to a society if Christians are, and if Christians aren't, what goes into Christian imagination? What is that? Does the Bible even talk about imagination? All of these questions, you're just going to have to imagine the answers because we don't answer any of them on this show. No, I'm kidding. We answer a lot of those <laughs> on the show. So. Um, but before we get into Christian imagination and discussing all of that, we have to do what we always do, which is talk about our verse of the week. And our verse this week is James chapter 1, verse 17, which says, Every good and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. And again, that's James chapter 1, verse 17. So we talked a little bit about this on Monday, so I won't spend a ton of time, especially since Jacob has a lot to cover in today's episode um, that we'll be discussing. But... Every good, every perfect gift is from above. Where do our blessings come from? Just to reiterate, Monday was a long time ago for some of us. Um, Where do our blessings come from? Anything good doesn't come from us. We use this on a macro. We use uh, the macro illustration of America being foolish and thinking that their blessings come from their precious documents and their precious republic and their precious constitution. It came from none of those things. It came from God purely. And anything... Uh, that was a result, like those documents, was a result of a biblical worldview. Um, but on a on a smaller scale, our blessings come from God in our personal lives too. And we have to remember the story of Job. They can be taken away as well. Um, but we should be using them for his glory. And our imagination, ha ha ha, is another blessing that comes from mm-hmm. God. And today we'd like to talk about how to use that for his honor and for his glory and for the kingdom of God as well. But I also want to just briefly touch on the end of this verse, because I think this is really important. We shouldn't constantly, and I said this a little bit on Monday, but I want to harp on this just a smidge more, 30 seconds, I swear. Um, We shouldn't be sitting there on the edge of our seat, terrified that we're going to lose our blessings any second, because oh my goodness, God might decide someday, one day to do this and the next day do that. And he might you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm living a chaotic lifestyle. When that happens, how are you better than the secularist at that point? Better than the atheist with no faith, no hope for the future, no faith in the God who graciously works all things out for the good of you 
for the good of those who love him. That good may look different than we think it does. But the last part of this verse says, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. God doesn't change. There is no variation. There is no wondering if he woke up on the right side of the bed this morning. There is none of that. The God we worship does not change. He created this world roughly 6,000 years ago. And he's remained the same ever since. Through every point in human history, even today. Through every generation, he remains the same. Through every generation, his way of expanding his kingdom here on earth and making all of his enemies a footstool has remained the same. If anything, it's improved dramatically since the advent of Jesus Christ. And so with that, let's talk about what imagination does today. And to touch on this verse, I think I will use this later on. Um, I do not have it in my script or document um, or bullet points, but um, I would love to have this one just for our audience to keep in mind because what I'm going to be talking about is using our imagination to even figure out our imagination, as Bruce had said, is a good gift from God. But even so, using our imagination to figure out how to use the gifts hmm. and the uh, these good and perfect gifts that God gives us. So keeping that in mind as I continue on my incessant ramblings, because um, <laughs> I reading back through all of that I wrote, um, it can seem like ramblings. Uh, so I'm sorry in advance. If that oh, they're not ramblings. I can show you ramblings. <laughs> um, <laughs> but as Bruce said, today's episode will be a basic overview and a talk about your imagination. And I want to start out with why I think our imagination is an important gift from God and an important gift that God has given us and why he has given us it. Um, now... Why do I say this? Well, our imagination is what helps us view a Christianized society. Um, the Bible all over gives us images of what his perfect kingdom will look like or will be like. And this pushes us to use our imagination and imagine a world in which that this is true, in which that God is king. Um, one of them being... Um, that every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Christ is Lord. That is a very undescriptive in a sense, but um, one that spurns your imagination to try and think of a world that would that would be like. We obviously we're not in that world currently, but you with it you have to imagine that that will come. You know that that will come. God has said that that will come. So you, you yeah. start to imagine what that will be like and yeah. hoping for that future. Um, and also I bring up Mark 4 verses 26 through 29. And it says, and he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. 
But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And also Mark 4, 30 through 32, which is literally the verse right after the one that I just read. I should have just put all this together, but I decided to break it up into two sections. But um, the uh, next one is, and he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. Both, end quote. And, and both of these verses push you to imagine what the kingdom of God would look like. Hmm. You try and imagine what our world would kind of be like if it were a mustard seed growing into this tree. Yeah. And if you were to take this literally without using your imagination, you would think that God is saying that the world will be transformed into a tree. And that's all <laughs> right. that it'll be. It will be a tree yeah. and we, we are living in a tree now. Um, well, and that's an interesting point um, just to touch on. Uh, I'm sure you'll address this later on, but the Bible speaks so much in prophetic language mm-hmm. like this um, or analogous language, right? This is an analogy, a metaphor. It's a story. It's a picture in your, in your mind. The Bible uses that so often. And I'm sure you'll get into other passages that have this same idea, but it's, it's just, there's constantly this idea throughout scripture, even all the way back to like Joseph, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or I, let's go even further back to the very first uh, time that the, the uh, gospel message was given. He, he will uh, uh, bruise your heel, but you will crush his head, right? Crush, Christ yeah. crushed the head of Satan and Satan just managed to bruise his heel. That's figurative language too. That's obviously not, you know, straight up. Hey, this is exact literal right. language. Right. So, yeah. And yeah, and that's that's kind of the whole the whole point is that um all throughout the Bible you have this figurative language and why? Why would God do it that way? Um mm-hmm. you do have another aspect of it being that God says that Christ says in the gospels that he does that to um to make it confusing to some people that mm. only only the righteous will be able to understand what he means but even so this is also for our imagination to think of this and uh that's and this is what this is what I think would is another reasoning as to why that that is is why why god speaks in parables is so that we can imagine that world and put that together and this leads me into my next point now i have several other verses um that bruce as i was going through research i asked bruce for a few verses and um so i just wanted to give them here i'm not going to read through them but uh, Matthew 13, 31 through 33 is another good one. Uh, Ma- Ezekiel 47, Romans 1, 5, Philippians 2, 9 through 10 are also more figurative and verses that talk about the kingdom 
and give you a sense of what that is. Again, pushing you towards trying to imagine that. And what does this imagining do? Um, I think a key point of this imagining is to give us hope. It's to make us think of that and say, we're going to win. Now we have hope for the future. Imagine this world in which everything has changed and Christians are not persecuted for our beliefs, but that everyone around us is Christian. Everybody, every knee will bow, every tongue confess, and that we are living in that type of world. Now, even more importantly, though, this imagination gives flight to creation. And it makes us want to create, or at least it should. From imagining a world in which God is king, in which every knee will bow, you have people who want to start to create this world, this right. godly world. Um, God has given us uh, parameters, almost like a blueprint would have measurements. Um, and this would tell us where to go. What, what are the measurements? What are the steps? How do you, how do you get to this point? And you may have the final house built in your mind. You may have this picture of your perfect home built in your mind, but that does not mean it is built. That does not mean right. it is finished. Right. It takes an engineer to put all the pieces together on paper and then hire people to complete all the little steps. In this analogy, God is the engineer who designed the, the blueprints and has given us the written copy, the Bible, for us, for us, the people, the, the frame builders, the sheet rockers, the plumbers, etc., uh, to complete this work, to build this house. And of course, there is more than just your average construction worker in creating a Christian culture. Um, and this would include your local stores, restaurants, businesses, all the way up until the, the president of the United States. And all of these need to confess God's name and ultimately work in God's perfect kingdom in order to bring about the kingdom into all the world. You know, what's fascinating, too, is there's an idea in a, if you take a basic worldviews course or even a philosophy course. One of the most basic premises is that ideas have consequences. It's like the very first thing you learn in a philosophy class or even a history class. I mean, ideas have consequences. Pretty basic. But we underestimate those consequences. Mm -hmm. We underestimate those results. Uh, the idea that Christ is going to be successful here on earth. He's king. He's reigning now. He's working. and like Jacob was painting that picture of an imaginative, like we have these pictures of what the kingdom of God is going to look like, right? Like every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. Like, wow, what does that, what does that mean? What does that mean for this area of life? What does it mean for this? You know? So yeah. we start to imagine those things and we have those ideas now. And those ideas, that imagination has, uh, they have results. They have consequences. Yes. Very yeah. real results, which is what Jake's trying to get a, get across. But also one of the interesting things, and I promise I'll wrap this up quickly, but because um, I know you've got a lot more to say, but um, one of the things too, I, I was listening to a, a sermon by Doug Wilson. He was talking about cheerful giving. 
And it's not like God needs your money to do mm-hmm. the things that he needs you to do. But he uses the act of you learning to give cheerfully, sacrificing these things in your life for, for him, uses that to change you. He uses that. So in a way, you're gifting God, giving him a gift, a blessing back from what he gave you. But in the same way, even though you're giving back, he's still giving to you mm-hmm. by changing your character at the same time. So it's you, the whole time it's him changing. You're still the one receiving those blessings, even if you're giving them away. You're receiving right. a different kind of blessing. So in the same way, and, imagination... Um, I'll just tie it together really quickly. Sorry. Yeah, but but yeah. in the same way, imagination, when we're, we're thinking these same things, when we're thinking about what this world could look like, we're thinking productively about building a better society. And it's, it's God changing our way of thinking, changing our imagination, because now we're focused on a different goal. We're not mm-hmm. focused like the French are on revolution, tearing down we're focused now on building. We're focused yeah. on making yeah. parts of society work together because that's how the Bible, that's the picture we see in our heads. And so that's what we start working towards. So our minds and our way of thinking about the future changes because now our imagination has changed as well. I don't know. I just thought there was a connection there. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. And, and that, that, that reminds me of a very interesting point and a very great point, especially in this discussion, is that evil and Satan cannot create they Mm. can only destroy right and change what is already created yeah it is god and the christians who can create and build and design yep your sin does not create Mm. it takes what is and deforms it yes but it cannot create new um think of transgenderism Mm -hmm. it takes god's perfect design and deforms it and changes it and ultimately destroys it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we're striving for is this creation, this new, I, I, hopefully this, this comes as an idea that creation is good, creating new. Um, and hopefully we've broken the stigma on this show that physical things are not evil. That creating these physical things in these li- in our lives is not evil. Creating buildings, creating amazing and beautiful architecture is not evil. And where does that all come from? How do you create this? Well, this is through our imagination. You have to imagine and design in your mind first what something will look like before you can even create it or before you even design a blueprint to create it. Yeah. Um, and, and with this, I wanted to speak on more of these parameters that God gives us. Christ also tells us that his kingdom does not come from worldly ideas. His kingdom is not of this world. It is not brought through tyrants and conquerors who destroy, but through the renewing of minds mm. and the creation of a Christian culture. And one aspect that I want to speak on is creativity in movie making. If we want to really talk about renewing of minds and we have to talk about the things in which we consume. And no, I'm not talking about food as I probably could have, (laughs) um, even though that is another great subject that could be talked on. 
I'm talking about movie making. I'm talking about creating movies and creating and renewing minds through the stuff that we watch, that we see. Um, it is our brain food, our mind food. Um, and with this, uh, a talk that um, Nate Wilson, I think it's Nate Wilson. Yeah, N.D. Wilson gave on at um, By Left East rally a long time ago in South Dakota, I think, um, talking about Christian movies shouldn't suck. And this is, that's true. Christian movies should be this aspect of renewing minds, should be changing minds, should be giving soul food to minds. Um, and I wanted to talk specifically about the newest movie, uh, Christian movie, that came out, and it was written and um, produced, not produced only by Steve Dace, but <clears throat> written by Steve Dace and based on, on book. Steve Dace, right? Based on based on book, Steve yeah. Dace's book, yes. And I know he was very active in the making of the movie as well. But I recently saw it. Bruce did not. Um, I wish I could, I... but stupid South Dakota. There are no theaters in South Dakota that carry mm -hmm. the movie Nefarious, which is really unfortunate. And that's why people need to look up in their state to find out yes. if they can go to it. So yes, that you can go to uh, theaters. Nefariousticketscom is the is the website that will show you all of the tickets, uh, nefarious ticket, nefarious theaters in your that are in your area. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that Bruce can watch it in his state. <laughs> um. But also really support this as well, because this is a movie that totally fits um, the, the uh, mantra of Christian movies shouldn't suck. This <laughs> movie was amazing. Um, to give the general premise and the general context of the movie, there is this... He's not going to spoil it. Don't panic. Hopefully not. <laughs> um, I hope I don't. Um, but in this movie, you have a death row person who is on who is on death row and a psychiatrist who comes in to do their final evaluation of this person um and i won't go into too much detail on that but this psychiatrist is an atheist and is talking to this person now this death row person is demon possessed actually demon possessed and the psychiatrist doesn't believe him he just thinks it's um dissociative disorder that it's just multiple personality disorder um but the funny i, I want to mention a funny thing I, I bring this up to mention this funny thing and then i then i can keep moving on but um in this there's this conversation between the two of them and at one point the demon says something in which the atheist kind of like retorts oh i i didn't know we were in a fight and the demon quickly replies back and that's why i'm winning and it was just so good and i just you know i bring that up it was funny it was good it was there was, there were those types of things throughout the entire movie um but speaking of and why do i bring this up because again here is something that that has been created by christians and a christian culture that should be created and that pushed us forward to creating this overall Christian culture. Now, 
as my wrap up. Um, hopefully, you know, I, I should be able to wrap this up quite quickly. I have six minutes left. Um, see how this goes. But now I know there is a lot more of information. I know there is there's a lot of information here and a seemingly long rabbit trail that might not fully connect. Again, it was a ramble. Um, but hopefully... This call to action still makes sense given what I have just said. My call to action is that as Christians, we need to think outside the box. Be creative and use our God-given ability to imagine. God has given us gifts and abilities in our work and and through these gifts, we can figure out what he has planned for our lives and what field of work we should go into. Some of those these fields do not give us the greatest pay or they seem to have gifts and abilities that we think clash, or at least they do in our current understanding of that field in which they pertain. But we should strive to find a way in which they fit together. And I give Bruce as an example on this (laughs) because... Bruce is a software engineer. Now, in IT and software engineering, it is decently considered, hopefully Bruce can, if I'm saying something wrongly, he can correct me on this, but in the IT field, or sorry, software engineering field. Yeah, thank you. you... They're very different, (laughs) so don't... (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know. I made that mistake before. But, um... You have people who are very uncommunicative. When you think of someone who's a genius, right? You think of someone who can't really relate with other people and can't really talk to other people. At least they have a hard time doing so. And I would say that this is this is software engineers in this sense. They have a hard time talking to other people, have a hard time relating to other people. However, Bruce has gifts in both. He's a software engineer, so he has gifts in that ability to do what he needs to do in software engineering. But also, he has community. He has talking skills. <laughs> Sorry. Speaking skills. Things that I do not have at this current moment. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's funny. Um, but um, how, how does he fit these together? Both two amazing gifts that God has given him. How do they work together? Um, so I, I cannot explain this in the best way. So I'm kind of going to give it over to Bruce to explain how he brings these two together. Um, we'll, we'll talk because, about roping me yeah. into an example and I, then yeah, dropping it on me. We'll talk about that later. No kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, thanks, Jake. Yeah. I mean, the it's it's one of those things where you again imagination like what jacob's talking about i think he's using this as an example because um i this layoff you know i think is a really good opportunity for me to learn okay maybe god is moving me into a position where i can do some of these things a little bit better where i can combine the skills that i have and utilize more of them as opposed to just a few of them. Like my previous role, I was sort of really just a software engineer. I was doing a lot of demonstration and client, you know, communication back and forth between the engineering team and the client and non-technical people and technical people. But 
there wasn't a lot of that. So I'm really taking this as an opportunity to figure out, well, how can I use more of those skills? And how can I combine those skills and use them all in, in one position? Um, there's a lot of teaching positions that have opened up for me, which is tremendous. There's, um, I'm looking at starting potentially my own freelancing company on the side and building that up and building up a client base um, to be able to, to do a lot of those sorts of things as well. And that will require a lot of communication. But I think one of the things that's really important when you're talking about how do you figure out God's will for your life? How do you use your imagination to take all the things that's around you and figure out, well, what is, where is God quote unquote leading me, right? We're not charismatics. <laughs> so mm -hmm. we, I've talked to so many people and they're like, yeah, I'm still trying to figure out God's will for my life. I just, I don't know what it is. I keep praying about it, trying to talk to my pastor and it's like, okay, well, that's all good. That's all fine and well, but that's not, that's do those things. But also realize God works in ordinary means. Um, Ralph Matson in his book, Finding a Job You Can Love, tremendous book because he actually goes through that. And his basic premise is that uh, Jeff Myers as well, um, I studied one, I took a course through him uh, when I was going through Pearson Education or Lumerit at the time. That's where I read this book originally. And they talked about finding God's will for your life is not what everyone thinks it is. God puts all the experiences in your life, gives you all the interactions and all the skills and everything you need to know what his will is for your life. You need to get imaginative. Think about the skills, abilities, connections, and opportunities that God has placed in your life from the time you were born until now. Compile those in a list. Write them all down, even if they don't make sense right now. Write them down. And then start going through, start getting imaginative, start thinking about how all of these fit together. That is God's will for your life. Because guess what? His will doesn't start now when you've just decided, hey, I think this is God's will for my life. No, mm -hmm. it started on day one of your life. And actually, it started way before you were even born. <laughs> yeah. So every yeah. life experience, every skill, every interaction, every opportunity you've had in your life is God pushing you in a direction that is his will for your life. And sometimes it takes a moment in your life to pause. Maybe, I don't know, a layoff. It's a random example. I'll just choose that one. I don't know why I picked that. <laughs> to refresh, reset, take some time and say, okay, let me reevaluate. Maybe this is God telling me to get more imaginative. Look at the experiences in my life. Look at the opportunities he's given me get more imaginative, do better, push myself a little more, might be more work, but maybe that's better in the end. I don't know if um, that was helpful, Jake. Very much so. Yes, very, very much so. Um, and with this, I wanted to say, um, Bruce brought this up a little while ago, um, but it, um, think of the I have a dream speech. Mm. Um and you think of this as your dreams. And another title that I wanted to use for this show was um, how to use biblical daydreamings. Huh. Um, but um, and, and this is that's what this is. We're these daydreamings, in a sense, how to use them in a biblical way, how to dream, how to dream of your future, dream of what is something that 
inspires you to go forward? What in your industry? If if your industry is something that you truly that God has given you to do, you will have imagination and you will want to be in this industry for the rest of your life. Um, think about when you're 40. Do you want to still be in the, in this industry? And at that point, what do you want to accomplish? What do you want to have accomplished? Yeah. Those are dreams. Those are make it big, make it huge. Um, and this is this is your dreaming. But yeah. think of what Martin Luther King Jr. said in that speech. What did he have a dream of? A society that is inclusive, a so- and not not the left inclusive, <laughs> but a society that loves each other, has a Christian love for each other, right. that wants to see an equality among people, that we can all work towards the same goal. Yep. Did that happen? Yes. Over time, it, but yes, it it well, yeah. Over time, yeah, everything happens over time. I, sorry, I said for a time, and now we started. Yeah. To... Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, my bad. I, I N- now me. we drove but a wedge yes. between it again, but yes, for a time, right. it existed, right. And so his dream was accomplished, even though it seemed at the time when he gave that speech, it seemed unattainable. Yeah, it was just yeah. a dream to him, but it yeah. happened. And sorry to go over time with that, but think of that dream of where your industry can go, where you want to go in your industry and work towards it happening. Yeah, that's great, Jake. Yeah, well, dude, thanks for helping to lead the conversation today and uh, putting all that together and research and really appreciate it. If you appreciated all the work Jake put into this episode, and let's face it, Monday's episode as well. Um, and probably the next week of episodes. Jake is carrying the show at the moment. Thank you so much, Jacob. Um, leave a comment in the uh, below this video. Just, you know, how much you appreciate Jake's skills of putting all this together. And um, we all appreciate you as well listening uh, to us and watching us. Uh, please don't forget those five-star reviews. They really, really help us grow as a show. So please do that if you're a podcast listener. Um, follow us as well. And if you are watching us, hopefully on Rumble, Gab TV, or trdshow.net, uh, share this video around. Get the word out about the Reform Dissenters. Help us share the show. Go to trdshow.net slash episodes to view all of our episodes for free. We can also uh, receive emails from you if you send those emails to drdshow at protonmail.com. That's trdshow at protonmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts on what we just discussed today. Again, thanks everyone so, so much for joining. Have a great weekend. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. And we will see you all on Monday. And remember everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord.